Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. Now, I know we were supposed to do three teams this week. We were supposed to do the Melbourne Storm, the West Tigers and the North Queensland Cowboys. Due to the severe weather up in Lismore at the moment and all around Australia, due to a number of factors, the internet went down in my joint last night. It was just an absolute mess. We couldn't really finish off that podcast. We did get through, luckily, the Melbourne Storm. So that's what we're going to be doing this week. We're going to be doing a Melbourne Storm special. It's just going to be the Melbourne Storm. We talked about it for 40 minutes, so it's a good, solid 40-minute chat. Make sure you guys go and follow Lee on all of his platforms at the Rugby League Coach. He's a bit of a TikToker as well from what I find, so make sure you go and find him on TikTok as well. Instagram, YouTube, make sure you go and follow and subscribe to all of his channels. Great bloke, great coach, great chat. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Halftime Chat. Lee, I'm surprised you've stayed with me for this long. I'm, I'm very grateful, very grateful. Um, um, yeah, I'm happy you've stayed with me. <laughs> oh, why would I leave you, Lee? Why would I leave you? Um, <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to episode three of the Halftime Chat. I'm, I'm very excited for this one. It's going to be a big episode. We're talking about the Melbourne Storm. Lee, how are you doing? How was the AIM High Pro? higher program tonight uh, how did it all go well as we record this it's wednesday night been back on the training field monday and wednesday uh the grounds are very heavy mate up here as you can imagine uh and the kids haven't done very much for a week or two it's been so hard for them to get out and exercise or get to their local club or anything i mean it's even hard just to do something in your own back garden isn't it when when flood waters are around and, mm. and flood type weather so the kids, the kids have had a tough week, really, back at training because you've got to get them ready for a pre for a season. You've got to get give them pre season treatment. You're running out of time, but the grounds are heavy and their legs are heavy because they've not done anything for two weeks. So um, it's, it's been it's been good. They've enjoyed it, but you can tell mm-hmm. you can tell they are somewhat labouring through it. And I think I'm getting a lot of thanks. I think from parents whose kids are sleeping very well. Mm, well. Having- Heavy legs, not only from training, but from also TikToks I hear as well. Yeah, yeah, doing a little bit of a challenge. So every venue, I'm getting the kids to join on a TikTok, and the rules are that me or one of my fellow coaches or all of us, I've got to be in on the TikTok. And the older guys, so the coaches, we're going to dance or just do like a dad dance or an uncle dance, you know, a nonchalant sort of uh, dad or uncle dance in the middle of them doing whatever they want to do. So, and the challenge is whichever venue gets the most likes and shares and, and everything else. So, um, one team, one, well, if we've got two teams on the aim higher, whoever's trained the best gets to do the TikTok. Whoever's trained the worst, they have to put the gear away. So, Oh, well, sounds like a fun little, uh, fun little task. And <laughs> tell you what, I'd love to do some TikToks after training. Good warm yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Great right, that's down. right. The guy I did it with today, tied. I mean, he got he he got right into it. Um, I could tell. <laughs> I could tell. Very um, very 
uh, good group of boys that you, you've got there as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Willing, good, willing I mean, to go for a bit of a dance. Yeah, and I, th- I think as well, I mean, it just helps break down the barriers for, for me as their coach. You know, it's uh, mm. I can be a bit of a hard ass sometimes, so it's just good to, you know, it's good for them to know that I'm, I'm down for a bit of fun as well and, you know, everything's not, everything's not work, work, work. So, no, it's been good, mate, and I'll, I'll grow that and hopefully have some fun with it. Yeah, well, um, can't wait to see how this Aim High program goes. Can't wait till you're in Sydney. I'm counting down the days. I'm counting down the days. Um, but let's go. We'll start off with the Melbourne Storm. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the Melbourne Storm? Conflicted. So, I mean, I think, I think the every year people say, "Oh, the Storm must drop back to the pack now," and I think my gut sort of suggests that they should drop back a bit to the park. But I mean, I don't, I don't know if you, if you, if you don't mind just going to the next slide straight away, mate, the, the, the thing that concerns me about the storm is look how many new players they've got. I mean, just counting down there, you've highlighted one, two, three, four, five, six. That's half a football team. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven have left. That's half a football team that's left. So, between them, that's 13. So I think, you know, when you are, when you've got such churn like that, you've got to have a little bit of an asterisk next to any team at any point because of the churn, right? The, the, the flip of that is that it's the Melbourne Storm. It's Craig Bellamy. Their recruitment, I mean, that's not, with possible exception of Xavier Colts, that's not star-studded recruitment there, is it? I mean, it's not like everyone else was battling to get those players. So you just know that the Storm, with their track record and the depth that they go into recruitment-wise, they've done so much research on everybody in that left column. I think I said this in one of your previous podcasts, mate, that they they have rang me about players that I coached five years ago. They go into such depth. So... Those names on the left don't immediately spring to mind when you're picking origin sides or international sides or whatever, for the most part. But you can guarantee that Melbourne have got the most thorough recruitment process, that virtually every one of them signings will be a success. Yeah, virtually, they've got some... You know, you know. Mm. Yeah, they've got some really good signings there. Xavier Coates, who was just, just burst onto the scene, really. He came out of nowhere and was such an exceptional talent. The fact that Brisbane let him go shocks me. I thought that Brisbane were going to hold on to him. Um, but, you know, well, uh, we've said there it. Was a bit of an, there was a bit of an exodus, wasn't there, from Brisbane last year? There's a few people who wanted to leave, I think. So. Um, mm. it, it's, it's strange looking from the outside, from outside looking in. We just don't know. Um, no. But, jeez, it was a big one to let go, Xavier Coates. Um but hey, the Brisbane have got plenty of depth in that back line as well. Uh, and I think he's going to go really well at the Storm. I think I under Craig Bellamy, anyone's really bound to go well. So I, he's def- I, guess, I guess what I'm saying, Les, I guess, sorry, I guess what I'm saying, just to summarize what I was saying there, is that it's a real big ask for Craig Bellamy with all these signings coming in and people going out. It's a really big ask for him to have one preseason and get them into a place. But that said, the triangle of pivots, the nine, the seven, and the six, they're virtually the same, aren't they? They're virtually the same. 
mm. if not the same. So that's that's a steady a steady area. And I suppose you can say the whole spine, assuming Pap stays fit. So that is key. So hopefully these guys are just the, the meat on the bones. I think I'm going to stop short and say the Storm are going to win the Premiership. Mm. I'm going to stop short of that. But they're still going to be top three, four. They're going to have a renewed vigour this year because they didn't make the grand final last year. I just think the fact that so many new guys have come in and I totally trust the Melbourne recruitment system. I think it's the best one in the game. I, The fact that so many have gone out, I just think it's going to take a bit longer for them to bed it in to be a championship level mm. Premiership winning machine. That's just my thought because I think the Roosters are primed this year. So, you know, you can be as good as you can be, but there might be somebody better. And I just feel that the chances are the Roosters are going to be better than them this year. Do you but, think, you know, do you think that um, the Melbourne Storm sort of recruitment situation, I'm not going to say it's there in the exact same situation, but it's sort of similar into the Bulldogs where they've got so many guys coming in, it's going to take a while for that the coach to sort of get used to his roster, the 17 he's going to put out there each week. Do you think it's that sort of that sort of situation where there's so many guys coming in, it's sort of like building a whole new team? Or do you reckon it's just some minor adjustments that they can get used to fairly quickly? It's the same situation in the sense that players are coming in and players are going out en masse. It's not the same situation, though, in terms of what they are coming into. So the Melbourne Storm, I think that is the most powerful brand in the game. People sign for Melbourne Storm because Craig Bellamy's there because of the storm, living in Melbourne, away from the rugby league bubble, so on and so forth. So I think these players on the left have to fit into the Melbourne Storm way of doing things. I think over at the Bulldogs, I think they're trying to work out what the, the dog's way of doing things is. That's the difference. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think yeah. you're going into an organisation. The Melbourne Storm is an organisation. It's an organisation that has a pretty solid way of doing things and it's very proven. And I just think, you know, that doesn't mean they're going to win a premiership, though. Um, they've actually had two really good years, the last two years on the road, and they went super well last year. I think winning the minor premiership last year was a massive achievement. Mm. Massive achievement. Them, blo- them blokes haven't been home for big big chunks of, the, of time. And um, I don't think... I wouldn't class them as failures in in reality. Those years, well, they won a premiership one year, and then they didn't win the premiership. Um, they won the minor premiership, but didn't win the premiership. So I still think they're two very good, successful seasons. So they might win the minor premiership again, mate. Uh, they're, they're good like that, you know. Whether whether they're just going to win win the big games at the minute, whether they've got enough maturity as a group, because there's a lot of young ones and new ones coming in. I mean, one of them on that left column is a New Zealand Rugby Union sevens player, isn't it? Yeah, Warbrick. Uh, he's one that I'm interested in. And yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they bring him through. He might not even play a game this year. It might just be sort of a development year for him. We don't know. So it's going to be very interesting. They've signed him until 2023, so uh, mm-hmm, very mm-hmm, interesting mm-hmm. one there. You go through the I other... Mean, rec- yeah, sorry. Sorry, I, I, I was just to... I was just going to say, I mean, the fact that the Storm have purchased a 
sevens player from Albion just shows the depth of their recruitment. Mm. Uh, sorry, the, the width of their recruitment, their, their net that they've got, how wide it is. Yeah. Um, like I say, I firmly believe that the the Storm have the best recruitment arm in the game. So, mm. but, but I just think if you get that many players in at once, it's going to be a bit harder to... to, to mm. If there's one person who can do it in one off-season, it's Craig Bellamy. I think what I love so much about the Storm recruitment is they get guys we don't think about and turn them into superstars. That's right. That's right. And I think I think they will turn these into superstars. I've got no no doubt about that. But how how long does it take to produce a superstar is my mm. is my thought. And there is another caveat too before we talk about any players is they're going to be back in Melbourne this year. Yeah. They're going to be That's back big. in Melbourne this year. I, I think they did really well. I think they turned the potential negative about not being into Melbourne into a massive positive. I think the team got closer together because they were on the road all the time. I think that gave them an edge. Mm. That edge that edge isn't going to, going to go away. It just might go away if some of these people in that second column were a big part of that family. That's the only reason that it might, it might go away. Yeah, and, and we forget while they were out of home as well, while they weren't in Melbourne, they really adapted well to those rule changes, I thought, as well, Absolutely. especially being away from home. I said it on last week's podcast, mate, that, you know, the, t- the coaches that were complaining were the ones near the bottom. The ones that were getting on with it adapted what they did. Mm. Um, and again, I mean, if we're talking about adaptation, if we're talking about evolution or revolution, then you just know that it's most likely they're going to come from somewhere like the Storm, the Roosters. Yeah. You know, that, or a death has the coach team, I suppose. But, yeah, that you just know it's going to come from one of these quarters. So, I, I, I'm, I'm stopping short of writing Melbourne off, but I'm not predicting them for the Premiership either. All right. Well, let's let's go through this, some of these signings. We've obviously touched on Xavier Coates coming over from Brisbane until 2023. Bronson Garlic coming over mm. just for the one year, 2022. Hey, a lot to prove, good. a lot to prove, a lot to Whoa. prove. I really looked good in the trials. I thought, I thought he was solid. Yeah. Um, I like kids. I like kids like him who've, you know, I don't, I don't wish this on anyone really, but he, he's not had it all his own way. Like he's still not got it all his own way. He's on a training trial, I think. So or a development contract. So, um, you know, and he's, he's showing his worth and he'll come good. I have no doubt about that. And he's in the right system that, you know, players I know have been at the Storm, you either survive mm. or th- you survive and thrive or you don't at Melbourne and it, the, the system dictates. And it seems that Bronson Garlic is going from strength to strength there. It'd be very interesting to see how he goes. I loved him in the trials. I thought he was a really, really solid player. If you haven't heard of Bronson Garlic, he is a back rower. Uh, as Lee said, I think he is on a training trial deal over there, but that could change very quickly. We've seen over the past few weeks, a lot of players come off those training trials. Even Edric Lee over at the Newcastle Knights, uh, he yeah. was on a training trial and, and they just re-signed him for a full-time contract. So yeah. uh, a lot can happen in the space of one week, two weeks, three weeks, however long it takes for him to prove himself to the Melbourne Storm. So really excited to see how he goes. Josh King from Newcastle. He signed mm. to 2023. Another one that I really liked in the trials, to be honest. I thought he, for a lock forward and his size, his ball playing was quite good. I thought he's going to add a lot. He's going to add a lot of starch to the middle. I mean, they've lost, they've lost some starch there with Dale Finnegan. 
And mm. I sort of see that as a little bit of a like for like. Mm. Um, you know, let's let's see how that translates. He's a big boy. He's a big mm. boy. Uh, mm. I, I really like um, this signing, to be honest. And I think the guru said it a few weeks ago on that Bloke in the Bar podcast. Wouldn't be surprised if we're hearing his name in the next six months, to be honest. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, again, kudos there to the uh, Melbourne development system, mate, you know, and the Melbourne recruitment system, should I say. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Really like some of these signings so far. One that I'm really keen on is Nick Meany. I love this signing. He's so versatile. He People thought he was coming in just as a fullback. He's playing 5-8 this week. Yeah. Um, he's so versatile and he was great yeah. over at the dogs being under Craig Bellamy. And I was talking about, I remember there was an interview with him the other week. Um, I'm not sure if you heard about it, but usually when Craig Bellamy gets some new guys into the squad, no matter if you're 30, 20, however old you are, he usually gets you to do this course where you go out and work, you scrape the, um, I think it was the race course they were at. And he was just yeah. talking about how it's sort of like, gave him a different perspective on like some players don't make it and they need a plan B Um, sort of that perspective showed a, yeah, sort of just got brought to him and then yeah, it's very interesting. I I can't wait to see how he goes and he was good at fullback for Melbourne in the trials as well. I thought he was quite good. He did his job out there in the back, Uh, but very interesting to see him at six. For me, I think, him and Colts are the two big signings. Like I really do. Like uh, mm. you've, we've both spoken about Xavier Colts here at depth, particularly when it when it came to the fact that he left Brisbane. But I think Meany, I, I, Nick Me, I've been in, I've seen Nick Meany ten years ago or something, and he was a talent then. He just, he, he play, he, he's always played to me like he's been in first grade for ten years. Anyway, even when he first mm. came on the scene, he's, he's very, um, very mature in the head. Mm. And I think that's a, I think that's a great signing. I really do. I really do. And I think he's one for me that just being at the Melbourne Storm really excites me. Under the best coach, probably the best coach in the game, you know. So I think with all these signings, there's a bit of a pattern happening. I've realised, and you would have realised it too. Everyone would have realised it. But once guys like Billy Slater retired, Cameron Smith retired, they had they had Ryan Pappenhausen in the squad. They yeah, had, you know. Uh, they've ha- they've got Brandon Smith and Harry Grant. Brandon Smith obviously the cheese, going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Harry Grant's going to be there probably long term. Um, yeah. Obviously, they've signed Josh King for Dalfinuken. Um, look, Nick Nick Meany there is a fullback option for the future as well. I reckon Nick uh, Ryan Papenhausen is going to be there for a while though. Have a good depth. There's a pattern, and we're sort of starting to see it. Josh at a car leaves, and we get Xavier Coates. Like. Mm. I think Craig Bellamy, in terms of coaches that can replace talent with talent, I think he's one of the best, honestly. What what one of the big insights I got to this was back in the early 2000s, I worked at, at Wigan Warriors and the great former New Zealand Warriors captain, the inaugural captain, uh, Dean Bell, was the head of recruitment there and the football, hell, head of football, I think his title was, or rugby manager or something like that. And he used to have a whiteboard in his office and it literally projected ahead five, six, seven years, and it was coming through the academy there. So he he would have on the left the first grade, the, the second grade, 
and then the 21s, the 18s, and then all the way down to about 13, 14. And they'd, they'd highlight who were the good ones. And they used to plan and say, right, well, whoever was number seven at the time, I think Adrian Lamb would have been the seven. He's on a two-year contract. So that would have meant then that uh, in 2002, they would have wanted another seven to drop in there. And that's how they worked it. And I think Wigan were very much about their youth system then. Melbourne, it's a bit harder for them youth-wise because of the geography involved. So that's why they use the Queensland Cup system quite a lot as well. But they basically do a, an enhanced version of that formula I've just spoken about, that they will have known that Joshua Adokar came off contracts. They would have started looking at Xavier Colts two years ago, would have started making all the inquiries, I have no doubt. And they would have rang Xavier Coates's nursery teacher or something honestly they go into that they go into that much detail mate and that's why i've got so much faith in that column on the left and even the column next to it in terms of who they've allowed to let go um or who has you know been forced out the door uh we'll we'll go through the rest of the signings here just quickly before we move on to those losses Jaden nicarima from 2022 I do like Jaden. He can play nine. He can play six and seven. So great depth there in case, you know, Cameron Munster. And fullback. And fullback. Oh, and fullback as well. So yeah. great depth. If anyone gets injured, he can sort of fill in, even if it is in a roaming lock role as well. I reckon he could yeah. do that with ease. Really good having yeah. those versatile guys in your squad. Um, yeah. Uh, and then Will Warbrick, as we touched on before, till 2023. A bit mm-hmm. of a pattern, a pattern I notice is that it's not long-term deals. And that's a good thing because it sort of gives Craig Bellamy enough time to watch them train, watch them play, and, you know, figure out if they're in his plans uh, moving forward. So keeps that keeps the players hungry too to yeah, earn another does. contract. Yeah. yeah For yeah, sure. Yeah. So very interesting there. The losses and the first three really stand out to me. Uh, Josh O'Carr going off to the Bulldogs. Fanukin to the Sharks. Nico Hines to the Sharks. Thoughts? Josh Adokar, apart from Jake Trebojevic and, and Saab at Manly, was the most standout speedster I saw at Suncorp last year. So he is the proverbial off a shovel. Do you he mean Tom Trebojevic? Did I say Jake? You said Jake. Definitely not Jake. <laughs> it's, it's late, it's late, mate. I've been training. Tom Trevojevic, <laughs> Tom Trevojevic, um, Saab, and Josh mm. Adokar. They're the, they're the three that jump out to me, being sat in the middle at Suncorp there, looking down like a bird's eye view. And their speed is just phenomenal. So, yeah, of course. Um, mm. That said, the, 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 the thing with the storm, right? Uh, we've discussed this on the pod before. They'll have a wage structure, right? And if I'm Josh Arnold Carr, I mean I'm not far off. I'm pretty quick. But if I'm Josh Arnold Carr, <laughs> I'm, think, I'm thinking I'm thinking I can earn some money somewhere. I'm not saying this has happened. I'm just saying, you know, uh, what's mm. my worth? What's my worth? And every player has got the right to make the most they can out of this game. And I don't know if his wage has gone up or down or what. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that market forces may have indicate have, have demanded this. But also, I would imagine 
the Melbourne Storm is that strong as an organisation that they wouldn't have stressed too much that Josh Adokar was going out the door. Don't forget, this is a club that lost Greg Inglis, Israel Falau, and still kept mm. winning premierships. I mean, can you imagine we were doing this 10, 12 years ago? How were Melbourne Storm going to do without Israel Falau? How are they going to do without Greg yeah. Inglis? Well, they did okay. They did very okay. So that's, again, my reflection on this. And I totally agree. I mean, Josh Adokar is a great player. Dale Finnecane, again, I mean, I can't remember how old Dale is now. I reckon I saw him play in SG Ball in 08. So that would make him something like 08. I'm terrible with my safety. That make him something about 31, 32, something like that. He's getting towards that evergreen stage now. So I can understand that one. Nico Hines. I might be wrong, but did he have either injury or personal issues to deal with for a while before he broke into first grade? He had a few personal issues before yeah. coming into first grade. I, there was a doco actually that they did about him. Um, he was in a few systems, uh, particularly mm. in Queensland, which is at the moment where Melbourne are sort of poaching their players from. Um, mm. Yeah, he had some, he had a few like mental health stuff. There was a lot going it could, on. It could, be ho- it could be homesick or, you know, it could be anything. Mm. This this could you know the, I think his football's flourishing at the minute, so mm. he's obviously been a good move for him, and it's could probably it might be have been a good move for mm. Melbourne too, you know. It might even just be a big contract. It might even just be a good contract. Like we just yeah. you don't know. Outside looking in, it's so hard to tell. Uh, but I think it's a good signing for the Sharks, uh, for Nukin and, and Hines. Um, but yeah, very interesting. Um, yeah, as you said, for Nukin, I, I guess you're getting sort of that to that to that area. Um, so fair enough. Nico Hines, though, he would have been a good depth man to keep, but I mean, it's Melbourne, it's Craig Bellamy, trusting Craig. So I uh, will see. Oh, 100%. Happens. Yeah, 100%. we'll see. And I, I, think, I think they're super well focused anyway at Melbourne, but I think they'll be mm. even more razor focused. Having not made the GF last year, they're going to be even more mm. like, let's go. I don't they're forget this, be, could be, mm. this could be Bellamy's last contract or last yeah. but one, you know? So he's going to want to bow out in the right spirit. I think they're going to be coming into this season so hungry and just ready to, to, to win that it's going to be a scary thought for any other team that comes up against them. <laughs> it honestly is. It's going to be really scary. Um, I, I saw you predicted them to win the grand final. I, mean, I, I reckon don't, they do. I, I just reckon I they don't, come I don't, in. I don't, I don't think you're crazy thinking that mm. either. You know. I think that they're just going to come in that hungry that it's it's they're just going to win. And, and I reckon those – Bottoms eight teams are just going to struggle against Melbourne. Don't, I, don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um, I, I can't disagree with you. <laughs> I just can't. So I just think it's going to pan mm. out possibly a little bit differently. That's all. Yeah. Um, but looking at some of the other losses as well, Brenko Lee off to Brisbane. Uh, good signing for them. We forget that he yeah. was injured for a while um, yeah, as well. Yeah, he yeah. had that ACL injury, so we didn't get to see much of him last year. Um, Isaac Loom Loom, not many people would know Isaac Loom Loom. He was in the side a bit last year, um, as a winger. We didn't, I didn't think he was going to leave and it just sort of came out of nowhere that he was going off to the Bulldogs, but it's a good signing for them and good depth for them. Um, yeah. 
yeah, he's he's a he's a good winger. He's a really good quality winger. So, uh, and a good young guy coming through. Uh, and then Aaron Penne off to the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, I thought was not a not one of the biggest ones. Obviously, the lost Ado card for Nuke and Hines, but he was a good forward coming through. And he's not one of the biggest front rowers you've ever seen, but he just gets through so much work. So, mm. uh, I think in the middle, it's going to be a bit of a loss for them. Um, but you know, as I said, trust in Craig. Um, he's probably got backups upon backups upon backups. Well, if I look at young guns coming through, I'm sorry if I'm mm. taking you off your little uh, oh, good. script oh, kind good. of thing. But, but I mean, Jack Howarth, I looked at his weight, his weight today, 105 mm. kilos, 193 centimetres. And he's, he, has, he is actually on a long-term contract. He's there till the end of 2027. Yeah, he um, is. I've I've been hearing his name for a long time, so this mm. could be the year. This could be the year for him. Bronson Garlic, we've already discussed. So there's a bit of starch mm. in midfield there in those two. Yeah, well, Jack Howarth. Um, he was compared to Angus Crichton because they were similar weights, but uh, Howarth is actually heavier than Angus Crichton and a bit faster too. <laughs> so. That's scary. That's like a second, but and better Angus Crichton. And I, I remember a lot of noise about Jack Howarth a few mm. years ago. So yeah, uh, expect big things. I think. Mm. Did you watch the um the trial game against the Warriors that they had? Okay, so he basically. I, I haven't watched. I mm. didn't watch one trial. Fair enough. Um, but he. He came out at the start. He was named in the centres, and there was a lot of talk about him playing centre and back row. Uh, some people think he's a better lock. Some people think he's a better back row. Anyway, starting in the centres, and I think it was Dallin Watani's Lesniak or Chance coming out to take a run after a storm kick, after a really good set. Jack Howarth came out of nowhere and literally set the tone in one hit. Yeah. Smashed him. And he just kept doing it for the first, I think it was three or four sets that the Warriors had. And it really, I wouldn't say shook them because they won the game, but yeah, he sort of set the tone early. And I like that from a young bloke. That really does show a lot of, you know. There's a, there's a, there's a couple of British players that have done that over the last couple of decades too. Adrian mm. Morley, when it when he was eighteen, nineteen, he he just attacked the opposition forwards as if they, as if they were something they found on the bottom of his shoe. Like he mm. he had no, no respect on the field. And then the other one was Sam Burgess. And look at the heights those two guys reached. Mm. You know, so just that kind of attitude in midfield. I mean, Jack Howarth obviously isn't trying to um, just get through the game. He's trying to make a massive impact on the game. You know, mm. so. Great signs, great signs, if you ask me. Jack DeBellum was quite similar when he came on the scene too. Yeah. So, um, must be something in the name Jack. He, um, <laughs> he, he. yeah, I, I, I've got nothing but raps on this kid. The noise I hear from people that aren't even on television and stuff like that, like the, the noise I hear about this kid is great. And I've heard it for a long time. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to seeing that. I did mention I didn't watch trials. One of the reasons I don't watch trials is I've become really uh, frustrated with the way they are built up mm. media-wise. They are trials. And if you ever want an indication of what trials mean, remember St. George lost the Charity Shield last year by about 50 and then had a really good start to the season that started two weeks later. Like, it's there's just so much that, you, that gets read into trials. The reality is the trials, and I just... I've not boycotted them or anything like that. I just looked at them for 10 minutes and then the games just lack the 
lack the attrition, lack the the punch that you want in a game of NRL. So I just chose not to watch them, mate. And I'm sorry, it probably affects my a little bit my judgment here. You'd have to pass comment on whether they played in what position or whatever else. But um, yeah, I just you can you can get lost in trials and thinking that they're this and that. Um, yeah, so I just I just decided I wasn't mm. going to really bother with them, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Um, oh, I guess that's a fair enough point. I love just watching. I just, I just wanted to watch footy. I just wanted to watch the <laughs> footy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm involved in football all the time. So mm. to be honest, sometimes I just want to switch off from it. But and, and I'll be I'll be all over the NRL like a rash first few rounds in particular mm. because I want to see want to see what's going on. And when I'm talking to you, I want to see if some of the things that we've pontificated about on this show are uh, come to fruition. Yeah, for sure. Um, we've talked about how we talked about garlic, Tyron Wishart. Now, I, I don't know if you've heard this name, but he really impressed me in the trials and I had to chuck him in there. He's starting round one at nine. Uh, yeah. He, <laughs> the speed, he's got so much speed for a nine. You could almost well, we know where he got six. that from. We know where we, we know where he got that from. His dad was a great player. Um, yeah, for sure. And I'm, yeah. I'm very, very familiar with his old man. I guess um, starting at nine is is an interesting one. Mm. There's another, there's another player that's not mentioned on any slides. Um, Remus Smith. Yeah, Remus Smith. Um, yeah, he's... fourteen tries last year. Mm. I do that's like Remus Smith. That's good. Mm. I'd certainly put him in the key player section, possibly. You know, like he. Um, um, yeah, just one of those who doesn't get spoken a lot about that. But I was shocked when I looked at his that he'd scored fourteen tries last season. Like that's, um, but that said, the Storm did rack up some points, didn't they? They pumped, mm. they, particularly in the middle of the year, they were pumping some teams. Like they were, yeah, they were racking them up something chronic. You talk about one player making uh, turning players into something on the bottom of their shoe. Melbourne Storm were doing it to teams, so yeah, they um, were. And the fact that it, oh, it's, it's just, I don't know, they're coming out hungry, that scares me. They weren't as hungry as they will be this year. That's just that's just my opinion. For sure, for sure. I think that it's, you could even see some more pumpings, if not buy more as well. I feel a bit silly saying this about a Craig Bellamy-inspired organisation, but I do feel they went that hard in the middle of the year. They ran out of puff a little bit towards the end. They, they, they didn't time the run very well. One mm. thing about being so hungry, like if you're really hungry and you drive out to KFC and start smashing chicken, you buy a bucket. Well, first of all, you buy a bu- you buy a bucket because you feel like you can eat a full bucket, and then you start smashing chicken and don't get very far into the bucket because you've just mm. gone so fast. And I think that's always got to be in the back of anybody's mind. It's a long season all around, and the game is so physical and it's going to be so fast this year too that I just think it's very hard to to maintain it all year, mm. particularly if there's a lot of origin players in your team. And, um, yeah, I think that's something Melbourne got slightly wrong last year and it might have been exacerbated by being away from home for so long too. So um, they'll get off to a good start. They always do. They'll get off to a very good start. Remember, mm. they lost round two or three to Parra last year as well. Um, but they'll be there or thereabouts. And... Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this lot. 
Yeah, well, when are they not? When are they not up there and about um, Melbourne? Jeez, this is a team that you just cannot underestimate because they will prove you wrong every time. Um, 21 wins and three losses. That's just a car. Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm certain. I, I double-checked. <laughs> I triple-checked. Trust me, I'm certain. It's 21, 21 wins um, and three losses. Definitely not seven wins, 17 losses. Yeah, I double yeah, yeah. And I triple check. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just an absolute carve up for any team. That is a carve up. There's 25 right, yeah. rounds. Like, carve up. Um, Correct. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it, it that just shows you last year. Imagine this year. They're, they're hungry. Yeah. I mean, oh, God. You could even see that losses <laughs> thing, like one or two or zero. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. Key players we've got here. We've I've got Ryan Pappenhausen, and I've put in brackets if fit because we just don't know. We just don't know. Uh, he had a heaps of, heaps of concussions uh, going last mm. year as well. A few injury doubts. I think if he's fit the whole season, he's he's just really going to make a name for himself. Maybe even an Origin selection at that fourteen role. Thoughts. When he was in, when he was in the side last year, he was great. When he was on mm. form, he, he was the he was the most discussed fullback for a while there before Turbo. Um, if I can skip to and go to Cameron Must at Munster, first of mm. all, I hope his um, off season went okay. I know that he went through a little bit of a private battle there, um, mm. but what a footballer! What a player! Mm. What a player! And literally just looks like he's having fun when he does it too. Like, <laughs> um, I guess sometimes the flames that mm. that burn the brightest get distinguished a bit earlier sometimes, and there's a bit of that about Cameron Munster. The uh, mm. uh, again, he's in the right environment. He's in the right environment. So mm. um, I'm with you. He's a, he's a key player. He's a key player. Look. Now- uh, Mm. Tell me if I'm wrong, but when I'm looking at Cameron Munster this season, last season, and totally tell me if I'm wrong, give me a heads up, but he wasn't, look, obviously with all that private battle stuff, he was obviously going through a lot. He wasn't really focused. He wasn't really there. You know what I mean? But this season, he's there. He's obviously come out of the back of those, those personal troubles and... He'd be hungry as he'd be hungry to prove himself. The, 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 there's different challenges all the time. So he would have come on the back of into last year, come on the back of being excellent in origin. And it was a late origin. Remember in 2020, mm. he was the probably the best player in the tournament, really in that, in that origin series. Don't forget that was the worst Queensland side ever. And he sort of played the, you know, there was times in there was times in that Origin, mate. He looked like bloody Wally Lewis. He was just mm. so good, and he was getting all the raps. And again, I mean, you know, he's probably just had to deal with that. Probably start of the year a bit slower, whatever it was. And, um, and yeah, let's let's back him. I mean, I think the the nature of the personal trouble is he's had. It would make you go back to ground zero a little bit, I think, and reassess mm. things and. I think the reality is I know a few people who know him and he's just a quality human being. He's a great bloke. He's fun to be around. I really wish him well. 
and I love watching him play. He's a he's a bit of a throwback because he's not uh, the, the most athletic in the world. But neither was mm. a guy called Cameron Smith. Hmm. For sure. Um, look, it's a really exciting side. I'll quickly touch on Jerome Hughes, and then we'll move on to the next team. But, jeez, in the, even in the trials, I know you didn't watch the trials, but last, all of last year, he converted over from a fullback all the way to a halfback. Yeah, great player. Great player. Pro- produces pretty much the same thing every week. You can rely on him. Hmm. Um, really, really underrated. A really underrated, well-rated player. Like he, um, he, the, the, the fact is that he's one of the best halves in the competition. But he never, he'll never get spoken about in those terms. He's, he's mm. been a half in a team that won the minor premiership and won the grand final the year before. So, I mean, how often does he have to keep going to the well? If he was in the Origin teams rather than playing for New Zealand, you might know a bit more about mm. him. You know, he's, that's just the nature of it. He's one of the best halves in the comp, but he's one of the best fullbacks that's been chucked at the seven and told, this is where we want you, do the job. And he's done the job. And he's done a terrific job at the job. So, yeah, really, he really excites me. Really excites me. And so does the rest of this side. <laughs> Well, that was all we got there from Lee. Unfortunately, that was right about when the internet cut out and we lost access. But it's all good. We got a really good chat there with Lee about the Melbourne Storm. It's going to be coming out on YouTube as well once I get it edited down. It'll probably be next Monday. So make sure next Monday you look out for that one. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Uh, thank you for choosing Big Luzzers League and all rugby league experience. Recommend this podcast to a friend. As I said at the start, if you don't follow Lee yet, make sure you go and give him a follow at the Rugby League Coach. Great bloke, great coach, and great chat. Recommend this podcast to a friend, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Well,